welcome back to the Lawali Life podcast. I'm your host, Alice Law, and this podcast is a mixture of conversations with amazing leaders in their fields, talking about the greatest stresses and losses and challenges they've had to overcome and how they came back from them, with tips and inspiration from how you can come back through yours. I talk mainly about stress and loss in this podcast and focus largely on stress because it's a fate we all share to go through stress and to experience loss. So I want to bring you amazing speakers from around the world to share with you their inspiring stories to make you realize that we can all come through our own and there are little tiny things we can do every day to keep us at our best. This week's episode is a special episode I'm bringing you to give you essentially a free stress session, busting through some serious myths for Stress Awareness Month this month, giving you a deeper understanding around stress and anxiety, why it might be happening to you without you realizing, and some tools and tips to get you through it that you can go away and use, as well as a free gift at the end. So I hope you enjoy and stay tuned. It is Stress Awareness Month. So I wanted to bring you guys um, a little special episode this week talking about stress. (laughs) So looking at some of the common myths and misunderstandings around stress that we are so uneducated around in understanding our own system and then we don't understand why our stress response is going off or we don't notice it and then we suddenly don't understand why we suddenly feel stressed and anxious when in quotations, nothing that stressful is going on in my life right now. But I'm going to make you understand why this kind of happens, and most importantly, how you can change that. I'm going to give you some tools and tips you can use at the end and actively go away and use every day. These are things that you can do in five minutes, because just taking five minutes to calm our system down and tell ourselves we're not under threat, not consciously, which I'll explain to you again in this episode, but your body, um, its stress response, thinking that you're under threat and turning it on, is what we need to do to actively calm it down every day so that we don't get the build-up of stress that so many in the modern world suffer with. But I'm going to go into it all, I'm going to give you a greater understanding, and at the end I have a special gift for you because it's Stress Awareness Month, I want you to be able to have this gift totally for free so stay tuned till the end and I will tell you what it is and give you the code for how you can claim it so for those of you who have only just tuned into the podcast um, I'm Alice and I want to tell you a little bit story of my story around stress and my family's story to make you understand why I'm so so passionate about trying to solve this general global pandemic of its own it really has been for years the statistics on stress have been just phenomenal. I mean, up to 72% of everyone in the UK says that in 2019 and 2020, they felt so debilitated at one point, they were unable to cope from stress. Um, In the US, up to 80 to 90% of all doctor's visits are somehow related to stress. 
And we're seeing it even more in the young, in children, in teenagers from social media and all these different aspects that have now come into our life. And of course, this global pandemic has really just skyrocketed, skyrocketed everyone's stress even further. So it's so, so important to understand why it's doing that. And it's not going to be some of the things that you think. So I'm going to get into that today and give you the tools, like I said, to really go away with some actionable things that take you five minutes. And I truly believe and know, you know this too, we all have five minutes. If you have five minutes to go to the bathroom, you have five minutes to be able to do some of the exercises I want to give you to make sure that you can live as happily and as calmly as possible. So yeah, growing up for me, stress was never really in my orbit. I didn't have anxiety. I had a very easy upbringing. I'm very grateful for that time in my life. Um, I had a wonderful family and parents who were still together and I was happy at school and things were going well and they were, they were as easy for me as they could be. And I'll openly say that, you know, I wasn't bullied at school. I had great friends. So it was just, I, you know, was dealing with the usual teenage growing pains and, you know, those things that we all go through as children. But in general, I was very, very blessed and very lucky and stress didn't really creep into my life at all, nor did anxiety. But stress can come from any direction at any time, the outside stresses in our life. So we have what we call outside stresses that stress us. And these can come in macro and micro stress doses. So macro stress doses are, you know, the things we expect to cause us stress. They are the life events like financial pressure, divorce, um, death of a loved one, loss of a job, you know, having to sell your home health problems, work-related problems. Those are all examples of what we call macro stresses, those really big stresses in life. And I'll talk about those more later. And they can come, as we know, in every dimension of our lives, unexpectedly at any time. As we've seen in this last year, the pandemic is an amazing example of a macro stressor that brought even more different stresses underneath it personally to every single person individually. So as we know, they can come unexpectedly at any time. But what I wasn't expecting was for them to be in every dimension of my life at the same time. And in my early 20s, they really came in mass. And over the past 10 years, like so many people, I suffered some very deep losses. And extreme stress was a continual and all-consuming part of my life. So I got to understand it and know it in a sort of 360-degree way, which I never imagined I would which is why I began to look at it in a holistic 360-degree fashion. So very sadly, it all started when my eldest half-sister was suddenly diagnosed with cancer. And after a long four-year battle of hospitals over a four-year period and stints of remission, we devastatingly lost her. That was such a shock. It was my first experience with loss in general. And at that time, the same time as this battle and awful devastation. My family life um, with my dad, mum, sister, our personal first family life, because my sister was my half-sister from my dad's first marriage, our, our individual family life also started to unravel as well. And my personal life seemed to. It was starting to happen from every angle. So we were suddenly faced with huge financial difficulties, had to sell our home that we lived in. My father subsequently 
was so stressed from his businesses going into administration and his daughter being ill and subsequently losing devastatingly his eldest child, which was a terrible echo for him because he lost his twin sister to cancer at the exact same age that his daughter had been with the exact same age children of the same sex. So it was just a terrible echo of the worst of the past for him to lose you know, the two people that you love more, in the, more than anything in the world, your twin and a child, um, horrific. And so he really, really struggled with his businesses going under and this happening all at the same time. And he was so stressed. And it chronic long-term stress has the ability to turn into depression. And that's what it did to my dad. It turned into depression and um, caused him to really look to alcohol as his way of coping. And he went from being this charismatic, incredible, just life and soul of the party, mischievous, wonderful man who I just have so much respect for still to this day, um, to being so inward and sad and hard to talk to and just not there. And it was just one of the sort of worst things to watch, to be dealing with these stresses going on around us. We had a legal battle that was coming at my dad from something and just all sorts. I had a breakup from someone I thought um, I was going to marry uh, later on. And it was just really devastating, the whole thing, and later got made redundant. So it was all these various stresses coming at different angles. It felt like basically no stone was being left unturned. And I realised I had stress in what I call every dimension of my life at once. It was financial, it was environmental, it was romantic, it was health as well, because I had my own health scare from manifesting so much stress and holding it within myself for these years. I created really chronic IBS in my stomach. And due to my family's history, because my sister had colon cancer, when I told the doctors this, they were like, well, we have to check it properly because it could be cancer too. So, I mean, all these things were happening, and it was a really, really, really tough time. Um, although I was very good at covering up, as I didn't want to worry my family even further because they were going through so much, and I didn't want to admit it to my friends at the time. I was in my mid-20s, and people couldn't quite understand, um, despite being so kind. It was really hard to, to sort of tell people about um, most of the time I was waking up crying and living in a continued state of anxiety and from time to time depression. I just felt totally lost and helpless, alone, and like nothing would ever get better because one thing would just come after the next and after the next, and after a while I just expected it. So it was during that time that I realised all these things were continuing to happen and it was always seemed to be bad news on the phone and never good and it was something else stressful. And I realised that something would have to change because I couldn't live like this. And with everything else being totally out of my control, all these outside stresses and events and crumbling in front of me, I realised that the only thing that could change would have to be me. So I went on a mission <laughs> to be able to cope and deal with stress as easily as possible and I found a new way of thinking and doing and being, essentially. So I immerse myself in all the things I now teach my clients and my membership, um, studying mindset and mindfulness and energy healing modalities, meditation, different spiritual teachings, understanding psychologies, 
From all this, I learned, discovered and trialled what I now know to be the best ways to not only cope with large life stress when it comes at you and bounce back quicker, but to also prevent it going forward, keeping your system calm during the day-to-day stresses so that when the big ones come, you can really, you're not already at your peak point and you don't get stressed about the little things. Because I really believe in order for us to live in our peak state of, you know, calm and happiness, which is the reason and the way we were all born, to be calm and happy, then we must connect to ourselves on a deeper inner level and change our responses on the outer level. And all that does is take some practice and understanding some self-awareness. And I'm going to talk about that today. So this has been such a mission of mine, which is why I want to give you guys this gift at the end, because it's such a cause close to my heart, because I very sadly lost my own father to stress-related illness in 2019, having watched him have a long five-year battle with stress mentally, seeing that wonderful, charismatic, mischievous person I love slowly disappear in front of me over four years, five years. I saw the truly damaging effects chronic stress has on both mind, body and spirit. And, you know, we lost my dad to a giant burst stomach ulcer that burst and caused internal complications. And he was harboring so much stress for so many years. And it was just so sad to see. And he never wanted to get help because he was of that generation that firstly, you know, mind, body and spirit (laughs) looking after was not in his um, orbit it wasn't wellness wasn't something they talked about and even getting a therapist or a bereavement counselor wasn't something they said was you know that you should do they felt that you should do it was very much you know stiff upper lip and that's where we all go wrong not admitting we need help and getting it but also not preventing stress from getting to the point where we have to hit rock bottom so Following all of this, it is now really my mission to support as many of you as possible to disidentify from stress and anxiety and to live in your natural state of calm and happiness. Because when we do that, we really can reach our greatest potential in both our personal lives and our work lives. So obviously we know that the reality is, is that stress is always around us and that now more than ever people are suffering But it's also, we need to show ourselves, I need to show you in this episode, that there is a way to come through it stronger and to deal with it more easily. And I want to bring you a different understanding behind what causes our suffering with stress today and some easy tools for you to be able to shift that as and when you need. And of course, I'm not saying that you won't get stressed from time to time. I still get stressed from time to time. But it's not about not ever getting stressed. We're all human. It's about how we can learn to respond instead of react and then how quickly we can bounce back and bring calm back in and not stay in that continual long state of chronic stress and how we can lessen the effects of stress on our emotions, our energy and our mind and our lives dramatically. Before our bodies really have to tell us to do something about it because like me with my IBS when it was really bad and I had that cancer scare and my dad obviously, you know, manifesting these stomach ulcers and all sorts, when your body is telling you something, it's really time to listen because our body is far wiser than our minds, truly. So this is what I want to talk to you about today. And I'd also love to say that you know, in this episode today, just take a pause now and just a mindful acknowledgement that you have managed to get this far. This last year has been 
so tough on everyone. We're still going through so much that causes a lot of stress for people in their own ways and in the general collective way. But just know that you're not alone in this. We're all facing our own internal and outward struggles together from this climate and our own lives. But I want to remind you today that you do have the power to shift your energy and mindset and to calm your system down. And I'm going to show you how. Out of difficulties grow tremendous strength, even if you don't feel that way yet. It is growing right now. So to remind you of this before I talk to you about why stress is affecting you internally without your awareness, how we can change that and give you the tools to help you feel calm, we're going to shift your perspective and just take a moment now and ask yourself, what small gifts have you gained within yourself over the last year? Not around you, don't think about the things that have gone on around you and the things you've lost or the struggles of the outside stresses. But what has all that, you know, incredible um, adversity really actually given you within yourself? What has it changed within you that you didn't actually have before? Uh, A greater empathy, more kindness to others, a deeper strength. Just have a moment now, take a pause, take a deep breath in exhale and just ask yourself for one thing that has grown within you from this last year of hardship. So let's talk about first of all you know understanding stress. We live in a time where stress has become the new normal and I'm talking about way before this pandemic. We are constantly being flooded with information from technology, we're trying to keep up with the pace of the world Um, People have the ability to now have to be available all the time for work from our technology and people know they can contact them out of hours. And we're constantly being flooded with information, constantly hearing people around us say how busy or stressed they are. You know, you always hear people say, I'm so busy with work. I'm so busy. We're doing this next week. Busy, busy, busy. Being busy has almost become like a status symbol of modern times. And Where a bit of stress and pressure can be good, I'm not saying all stress is bad because it's not, it can cause us to perform better and motivate us. And we call that kind of stress eustress. So this is the short-term kind we get when we have to speak in front of a crowd, for example, or meet a deadline on time over a few days or run a marathon. It's something we know we are capable of being able to do and that it isn't going to be long-term and overwhelming, and it motivates us. That's the good type of stress. It goes on and it comes back off. The problem occurs when we're constantly experiencing stress, feeling it, having our system switch on without realizing or with realizing, and we're not then switching it off. And I'm going to explain that, why that's important shortly. So we call this chronic stress. That's the build-up of stress over time. It's called distress as well. And it debilitates us eventually. That continual stress and our inability to manage it is a silent killer. You know, it's the killer of our productivity. We're actually, in fact, 31% more productive when working from a calm and happy headspace than a stressed and negative one. So that's, you know, the common myth of the modern time is that, you know, if I work more and harder, I work better under stress. Well, yes, you do work better under stress, under you stress, under short-term stress that causes you to work harder and motivates you. Long-term stress, constant stress like that, you do not work better under. 
we lose your focus, we lose our ability to deal with problems effectively, and it can affect our memory. So we are 30, and, we be- and it affects our productivity. Studies have shown that we now become 31% less productive when we're stressed and in an unhappy headspace. So, you know, as I said, it's the killer of your mental ability to deal with problems effectively and your memory. Your short-term memory really gets affected with stress. I'm sure you've all experienced those moments when you are stressed and you can't remember something you need to. It's like it's fallen out of your head or you've become generally more forgetful during a time of prolonged stress. When my sister was um, in hospital and when we were going through that time as a family that I was talking about earlier, I was working as a PA and it was quite literally my job to remember things for these two wonderful people I worked for. And the most basic of things would just fall out of my head at that time. It's like I just couldn't recall what I'd been asked to do even though I'd written it down. <laughs> Thank God they actually didn't fire me. Thank you, guys. Um, so it's, it's the killer of our you know, memory in that sense. It can kill, as we know, our relationships and romance from its ability to make us irritable and we're snappy when we're overly stressed or long-term stress. And it can also kill our libido, kill our sex drive. Um, it also decreases our energy. You know, we can have real sleep problems when we're stressed. We can either have trouble getting to sleep and switching off, or we can have trouble staying asleep, or we can just become really tired from it constantly putting our adrenals into overdrive. So it's the killer as well. All of this comes together to be the killer of our happiness. You know, that doesn't make for a happy picture. And being overwhelmed and not being able to focus and feeling overly pressured and like you can't switch off and all these things from real stress. And of course, that all leads to eventually our physical health problems. You know, the signs for stress in terms of physical health, if you're feeling like you have headaches that come on or stiff neck and back or stomach issues, I really can't drive that forward enough. You know, if you're noticing changes in your digestive issues, think about are you stressed at the moment because That is such a common one. And of course, we know that it can lead to things like stomach ulcers, like my poor dad. It can lead to um, heart disease and diabetes and all these terrible things. So really taking care of ourselves, which I'm going to talk to you about today, is so, so important so that we don't let it get to that point because it really doesn't need to. So this last year has been a sort of It's been a magnifying glass for our challenging emotions. And what I mean by this is that whatever may have been under the surface for you before this pandemic has now expanded. You know, it's now been magnified. If you were feeling anxious before, the likelihood is you may be feeling even more anxious. If you were feeling lonely before, even more lonely, the feeling irritable, even more agitated and so on, you get the picture. So this pandemic has been tough on us and magnified those challenging emotions but modern day life in general is tough on the mind and our system because stress has increased during this time from the challenges it has thrown at us but it has also increased way before this pandemic because of all the stressful information that our system is constantly being flooded with us with without us realizing constantly being shown to that's setting off our stress response And we fill our minds with information. We're always being bombarded with noise and light from our devices. And we're essentially in what we say, like, you know, information overload. 
instead of taking space and some quiet time for ourselves, we drown our thoughts continually with news articles, with Netflix, with text messages, with WhatsApp notifications, with emails, with social media and status updates and so much more. I mean, it's exhausting to just even list it off without even our workload and our family obligations and our social life and our physical health, you know, all these things. Um, the information overload plays havoc on our mental health and our stress levels because we've never dealt with this as a human race before and alongside the combination of never having dealt with a pandemic like this before. So you know that nourishing your body with good food and exercise is important to maintain its health, but we don't give the same respect to our mind and our spirit and our energy, which are the very things that are holding it all together for us. So we all know now, you know, you know, I know that nourishing our bodies and keeping our exercise up and eating, trying to eat healthily is really good for our physical health. You know, that's been pushed for years now. It really has. And it's wonderful. But we don't seem to still give the same attention to our mental health, to our energetic wellness, to our spiritual wellness as we do our physical wellness. And I want you to think of looking after your mind and your spirit, your energy as important as putting food in your body, because it is. It might not show up as quickly, the effects of not looking after it, but it will show up eventually, because where the body needs food, the mind needs stillness, and our energy needs balance. Yet so many of us, you know, we feel that we're somehow being lazy or we're not doing enough if we give ourselves the small amount of time we actually need to be our best. We carry on putting pressure on ourselves and thinking we'll get more done if we just carry on. When, like I said, you don't, you become 31% less productive. And we just end up giving our minds and spirit the proper care. It does, we don't give it, sorry, the proper care it requires to function at its optimal capacity and to feel our best and to put our bodies and ourselves into a relaxed state, to feel good to learn to respond instead of react and to deal with those outside stresses when they come at us more effectively to be able to bounce back quicker, which is all we really need right now. So, you know, I always say that calmness is a skill <laughs> because if it wasn't, then the whole world would be calm. And when you look around, when we look around now, sadly, it is far from it. But I truly believe it is just a forgotten skill that we need to remember and relearn, a natural skill, rather than something we have to try and force ourselves to be that we're really not meant to be. Because in the same way, you know, we were all born happy, we were also all born calm. No baby's first words are ever, I'm so stressed. You know, I don't think any, <laughs> any parent has ever heard that come out of their child's mouth as their first strung together sentence. But because, you know, calmness and happiness are our natural states. But, of course, you know, life happens. We learn to be stressed from our environments, the modern world around us, the events that happen, these outside stresses, how other people are behaving. And we absorb it, you know, almost mentally and energetically. We have the large outside stresses in our life, you know, like I talked about before, those macro stresses like health problems, death of a loved one, divorce, a high-pressure job, financial worries, this pandemic, those are all examples of those macro stresses that, as we know, can come unexpectedly at any time. But then there are also micro stress doses. And micro stress doses are the smallest doses of outside stress that we are continually being fed 
throughout the day without even realising. So they affect us unconsciously all day, every day. They are the upsetting news headline. They are the emails flooding into your inbox before you've even you've checked your phone, before you've even had your morning coffee. They are the multiple phone notifications. They are losing our car keys on the way to something. They are the upsetting comment on social media or to your face. You know, these are all examples of what we call micro-stress doses. And micro-stresses can build up over time and eventually affect us in the same way that macro-stress doses do if we don't take the time to look after ourselves and tell our system that actually we're not under threat, and I'll explain more about that in a moment, and that we are calm and we're fine. They sort of micro-stress doses build up as sort of building blocks. You may, if you, if you don't have your phone on aeroplane mode and it's your alarm and the first thing you do is hit your alarm button and you look at your phone in the morning and you notice all these things, emails, WhatsApps, trying to get your attention, unknowingly you will have already given yourself around 12 micro-stress doses before you've even had your morning coffee. So, you know, micro-stress doses can build up over time, like I said, if we don't take the time to look after ourselves with five minutes a day. You know, I'm not asking for an hour. It's really simple little things that can cool our system down. Because the reality is, you know, unless you are listening to this right now and living on a beach somewhere under a palm tree with a cocktail in your hand, well done if you are very jealous. Um, The reality is, is that if you're living in the modern world, then modern day stresses, multiple distractions, technology, then you're flooding your system with micro stress doses to handle every day, whether you want to or not, whether you realize you are or not, which is why I wanted to, you know, enlighten you guys on this today. Whether you feel stressed at the moment or not, you know, that doesn't matter. These micro stress doses, this alone causes a buildup of stress in the background in our system over time. And today I want to talk to you later with the tools about how you can start to diffuse that buildup with the smallest of practices. But first, just understanding the reason why it does this. So the reason it does this is because the fight or flight stress response, which is our body's natural response to stress, that's your sympathetic nervous system. It's part of our atomic nervous system, which is our whole nervous system. We have the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. The sympathetic side is your fight or flight stress response. And the parasympathetic is your rest and digest. You know, it goes back into that calm state of all is fine. So the sympathetic nervous system, the fight or flight stress response, it is aimed to keep us safe. It is the response that goes off now when your body believes you are under threat. So when that response is triggered, our body is stimulated to produce stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline. And essentially what that does is it boosts the body's alertness and its heart rate. It starts to concentrate on the things it thinks we need to survive, like sending extra blood to the muscles so that you can run away from something and away from digestion. Because in cavemen and cavewomen times, it's obviously it's logic from that system is if a lion is coming out of the bushes and my response goes off, why on earth do I need to carry on digesting a steak if I'm about to potentially become a steak myself? You know, it was very wise. It's very makes a lot of sense but if our stress response is constantly being activated repeatedly and we're not diffusing the stress hormones in our system because we're sat at our desk and not 
you know, fighting or flighting, running, letting that out, doing the things when it gets turned on to turn it off, using them up at times when they are actually needed, then we're not telling our system to calm down and it's just simmering in the background. And the effects can result in wear and tear of the body, resulting, you know, things like headaches, stomach ulcers, digestive problems. I, you know, really can't drive that home. If you're having digestive problems, really just think about your stress levels as well as what you're eating because our stomach is such an emotional center for our emotions, our energy. We really can store a lot of emotional stress there. And from my own experience, you know, that really with clients as well, for Reiki and things like that, it has really been an ongoing thing that when they are stressed, their stomach has become digestive issues and we can release that by telling our system to calm down and doing energetic releases. Um, and of course, it can lead to weight problems, loss, gain, uh, can lead to sleep problems, heart problems and diabetes, all these things. And the pressure can make us feel, you know, mentally overwhelmed, we're just unable to cope, irritable low in mood, unable to make clear and good decisions, and like I said, affect our memory. And it can cause anxiety, which is a reaction from your stress response being on. And over time, long-term stress can turn into depression, as it did with my dad. None of that, of course, you know, stands us in a good stead to feel our best and have a great life and feel our best and do the best work we can, feel the best we can in our relationships and within ourselves. So it really does matter. And I want to talk to you about two main reasons why stress builds up within us without us even realizing why, which so many do not realize. And then we wonder why we can suddenly feel a buildup of stress or anxiety or why we suddenly are getting headaches and we don't feel that stress to the moment. So the first thing to remember is that today our system, so our bodily system, reacts to modern day threats in the same way it used to a life threat, a lion running out of the bushes in caveman times. So anything that causes us stress today causes you personally to feel like you're under threat without realizing. So an upsetting email from someone, a new lockdown, whatever it is, our body reacts to that in the same way it would a huge life threat. It turns your stress response on. Because the problem is our body system hasn't changed much since those caveman times. So what it used to set off, you know, the system, the response for, you know, an opposing tribe coming to attack us, it still sets off that for something that makes you uneasy and upsets you today because you have subconsciously said you're under threat. So unless we take the small time every day, five minutes to do a breathing exercise, to do some of the tools I'll give you later and tell our system we're not under threat and it can come back into that rest and digest, we can simmer along with our stress response on for long periods of time without us even realizing, which like I said, causes wear and tear of our body eventually and causes our mind to feel overwhelmed and lack our focus and just decrease our quality of life and how we're feeling. So the second thing to really remember is that we autom- and this is so important, I really can't drive this home enough. This honestly changed my life, understanding this. We automatically stimulate our body's stress response by imaginary threats in the exact same way we do when we experience simmering reality. 
So what I mean by that is you worrying and envisioning something in your mind that is stressful to you triggers that exact same stress response in your body as it would if it were really happening in front of you. Whether you've experienced it in real life yet or not, your body can't tell the difference between you going over it in your mind and there's very little difference it can tell between you going over it in your mind and it happening really in front of you. So your stress response is the same, it can go on. And obviously in this modern age where life is fast-paced, everyone's expected to always be available, we worry about deadlines, we worry about this new reality, we have the constant flood of technology, what we need to do next, we worry about things in the future, or we ruminate about things in the past. You know, that alone, going over those things in your mind, that alone causes a build-up of stress that starts to eventually affect our well-being. If we don't take the space we need and show our minds and our bodies and our energy that everything is actually fine. So really think about those two things. You know, how much are you spending worrying about things and unconsciously turning your stress response on without realizing? Are you then giving yourself the time you need to bring it back down, taking that time for a walk, doing some more things that I'll talk about later? Or are you just pushing it aside and carrying on? So because of those two facts that really, they really will change your life when you really get into understanding them to remembering them. The third thing to remember is that because of that, our internal dialogue with ourself plays a huge part towards our wellness and our ability to both manage and prevent stress from taking over. So the reason being is, um, you know, just like our mind can't decipher really the difference between a real and imaginary threat Our mind also cannot tell the difference emotionally between you saying something horrible to me or me saying it to myself. So you telling me this podcast is absolute crap. (laughs) If I said that to myself after this, the effects on my emotions are actually the exact same. So I want you to ask yourself, you know, how well do you talk to yourself when everything is going well? And then ask yourself, how well do you talk to yourself internally when everything is going wrong or you're feeling under stress and an immense amount of pressure, like we are now? Because we have a tendency to talk to ourselves very poorly when we're under stress or not feeling our best, because our brain is hardwired to look for the negative. It's hardwired to look for the threats, because like we talked about in those caveman times, it needed to be scanning the area constantly, looking for the lions coming out of the bushes, looking for the imposing tribes coming to attack you in the middle of the night. Its natural default mode for survival is to scan for the negative. So something that makes you uneasy now, it will look for those things. So we have to consciously practice the positive to make that the automatic route. Because when it comes to your mind, okay, something to remember is that what you practice gets stronger, both good or bad. It really is that simple. When you practice the good, that eventually gets stronger. When you practice the bad, that's just what's getting stronger in the background, even if you're doing it unconsciously. So we know this from neuroplasticity, the ability for us to rewire our brains. We can create new neural pathways of either bad or good habits so the internal dialogue it can go negative very quickly when we're stressed because we're questioning ourselves we're thinking about what's going wrong we're angry we're berating ourselves judging ourselves and others we're worrying about what it is that we're stressed about 
we have to then realize that this is such an important part of dealing with stress and achieving feeling good and confident. And we have to mindfully break that up. And I'm going to teach you a method for that today because the conversation you have with yourself, it truly is the most important conversation you will ever have. It is the only continual one you'll have from when you can start to speak and think to the end of your life. No one else, just you. It is the one that will continually affect your life the most because of that continuity. And it has a huge effect on your life and how you deal with the stresses that come at you. So the rule to live by, which just simply takes practice, like I said, developing those new pathways, is if you wouldn't say it to someone you know, love and respect in your life, then you should not be saying it internally or out loud to yourself. The internal dialogue, it truly matters. It's not a throwaway concept of talk well to yourself and life will be great. You know, it is scientifically proven that you're putting yourself at a disadvantage if you don't, and you're also increasing your stress levels. So to drive home the effectiveness of this, um, on the podcast in a previous episode, if you go back to an interview with a man called Nick Yaris, I interviewed him and he was on death row for 22 years for a crime he didn't commit for the rape and murder of a woman he had never even met. And just devastating. And the time in there he talks about in the episode is it's unimaginable. It was actually, it was a, a prison in Pennsylvania in America and the block that he was on on death row has since then been shut down because it was so horrific. And what was going on there was so horrific. It was um, legal, active torture and just unimaginable things. And so when I asked him, you know, I said, how did you manage to get through those years, Nick? You know, 22 years inside somewhere that you knew you shouldn't even be because you didn't do that. And under just mental, physical, emotional, spiritual abuse constantly. How did you do that? And he said, you know, the only thing that got him through that experience was that he made sure that he talked to himself every day like he was his greatest champion, his greatest friend and advocate, the kindest human he could be to himself internally. So that no matter how horrible and unkind the outside world was to him, the guards or the other inmates or the things he was having to watch, no matter what was going on around him or being done to him, he always spoke to himself in the kindest way possible. And When you speak to him, the effect it has had on him is very clear and obvious. He is so kind, so calm, so unangry with what has happened to him and so giving. And, you know, he hasn't even done extreme therapy since then, which is a huge amount of trauma. And he said the only reason is because he's managed to heal his brain through neuroplasticity from speaking kindly to himself. And that's just an example of how you know, how powerful this really is. So just taking a moment to think, how are you talking to yourself at the moment if you are stressed? And how are you talking to yourself in general? So this is why, you know, the prevent rather than cure mentality, talking about all these things that we discussed, you know, it's so important when it comes to stress and our emotional well-being. We need to make looking after our minds and our energy, our spirits, as normal as we do looking after our physical body, as normal as we do brushing our teeth in the morning. Because, you know, you wouldn't expect to not brush your teeth every day and to have pearly Hollywood whites shining back at you in the mirror. You know, the same goes for looking after our mind and our spirit and our energy. We don't look after these things. And then we wonder why stress and anxiety build up or 
why we feel tired, why we feel distracted or irritable or unclear. And, you know, it's really because we as human beings, we have this, and seem to have this insufferable need to have to hit rock bottom before we get help for our mental wellness or our stress levels or our anxiety or whatever internal struggles we're dealing with. For some reason, we push ourselves to the point where we have to feel it physically or to burn out for our, you know, for our body to be waving at us, telling, you know, this is now a problem, before we actually do something about it. And it just doesn't need to be that way. You know, we don't need to let ourselves get to that point and with our system. We can make tiny little lifestyle tweaks every day for five minutes. Sorry, noisy motorbike going past. Tiny little lifestyle tweaks every day for five minutes that can calm our system down and allow us to lower that stress threshold so that it doesn't get to that breaking point. And I'm going to give you some tools now for you to use, five-minute ones to practice that you can always have with you and that can bring your, you through you know, daily stresses, bring those micro-stress doses down at the end of the day, at the beginning of the day, and also to help you bounce back from those larger stresses quickly. Giving your mind space, you know, calming your energy and telling your system that it is not under threat, turning your response off. So the first tool I want to give you is one for your breath. You know, our breath is so important when it comes to telling our system to calm down because when your stress response is on, we breathe very shallowly instead of deeply because when you're under threat and you know, doing in a life event that was threatful in the old days, your breathing would shallow and you wouldn't have the time to, you know, take those deep breaths in and tell your body that you're fine. So when we actually breathe very deeply, it's a great way of putting our system into rest and digest, into calmness. So I want to give you one of my favorite breath tools. It's actually always every single client I work with, this is always their favorite tool um, for their breath. And it's simply called the 448 breath. So what that is, is breathing in through your nose for a count of four, holding your breath for a count of four, and then breathing out through your mouth for a count of eight. And just repeating that three times or more will calm your system down. But what I really advise is taking five minutes every day to sit with a nice song, two minutes every day, and just do that, do that pattern, concentrating on the four, four, eight. You can then mindfully remind yourself to do that every day by putting, you know, a post-it note near your desk saying 448, something to trigger that mindful reminder. Or equally, you can put labelled alarms on your phone three times a day saying breathe or 448 and just taking two minutes to do some rounds then to really tell your system all is well, you are fine. So try that, definitely use it. Let me know how you get on on social media. And another one I want to give you is something to turn your mood around when you're stressed. So it's what I call a smile meditation. It's one of my favorite little biohacks. Essentially, when we smile, our brain releases our happy hormones, like things like dopamine. And an amazing trick is that by changing the physiology in our bodies, so by doing it without us even being happy, we can actually trick our brain into releasing our happy hormones. So a smile meditation is simply taking some time for yourself in the morning or the evening, sitting for two to five minutes, take a deep breath, close your eyes and force your face into a smile. 
and keep that smile on your face for a timed period of, you know, three minutes. And just notice your body flood your system with those happy hormones. Notice how your brain is tricked into thinking you're actually happy if you're feeling particularly stressed or low. And what will usually happen, which I which happens for me, is that if you're smiling, you know, forcedly on your face, you end up laughing because your body is releasing so many great hormones. So try that if you want to shift your mood quickly. It's a great little tool, a great little hack. The final thing I'd like to give you is a morning routine. So, you know, how we set our minds up and our energy for the day, it really has a huge effect on the rest of our day. If you are waking up in the morning, like I said earlier, and you are looking at your phone and that's your alarm clock and you don't have it on airplane mode, and the first thing you see is all your notifications, you're already putting micro stress into your system before you've gotten out of bed. And it's really important to take back your mornings, to create the kind of energy and mindset you want in the morning so that you can create the kind of energy you want for your day. So first of all, I really advocate, and please do this if you're not going to do anything else, putting your phone on aeroplane mode and not turning it back on in the morning until you have taken the time for yourself to do something like this, set yourself up for the day before you then look at all your notifications and flood your system. Even better is, you know, putting it in another room so you're not tempted and getting an old school alarm off Amazon, just one of the beep beep ones that no one ever has now. So please try that. Then just try this simple morning routine. Okay, you can do this in the evening as well. If you feel like you don't have time in the morning, you can do it in a more reflective way. But if you're going to do it in the morning, just take 15 minutes. That's all I'm saying. 15 minutes in your morning. That's not much at all. Sit down somewhere with your cup of tea or coffee before you get on with your day. Get your journal out, so a notebook. And start by just asking yourself, how am I feeling today? And mind dump, what we say, mind dump all of your feelings, your anxieties, your worries, your stresses for the day, out onto paper. Or if you're feeling good, you know, just write about those things. Get it out. It's a very therapeutic method, writing therapy, free writing. Just asking yourself, how am I feeling today? Then the second question you want to ask is, how do I want to feel today? And give yourself a simple answer. You know, it could be motivated, happy, calm, whatever it is. And then look back and see if how you're feeling is aligned with how you want to feel. And if it is, great, you know, congratulate yourself and do the next bit in a second. If it's not aligned, then just write down or think to yourself, okay, what is one small thing, one small step I can do that will try to move me towards how I want to feel and away from how I currently do? So, you know, whether that is going for a walk, whether it's talking to a friend, whether it's, um, you know, listening to a happy podcast or a good song, just one tiny step, not huge. And that will help you to move towards that continually for the rest of the day. If you start it in the morning, the second step is just listing three things you're grateful for either in your mind or out loud or on paper and just actually reading them back to yourself you know, am I grateful for my morning coffee today, my hot shower, the people I love, my job, whatever it is, it doesn't have to be some huge life event. Just take time to mindfully acknowledge gratitude. When we acknowledge gratitude in the evenings and in the mornings, either one, then we subconsciously set our mind up to look for the good. 
you know, as we carry on in the day or as we carry on the next day. So it's actually impossible, as Deepak Chopra says, it's impossible to feel anxious and grateful at the same time. So gratitude is an amazing practice to get into. And then just finish that at the end with either doing the 448 breath or doing a meditation, a guided meditation. If you struggle with meditation, there's a free meditation you can download on my website, www.thewali-life.com. Oh, sorry, hyphenlife.com, yeah. Um, that's something that I give to people to help them to guide their thoughts and not have to think about meditating as a hard thing. It's sort of a self-awareness meditation to help you feel calmer, and those are the kind of things I give um, in my membership. So don't think of meditation as you have to be Yoda on top of a mountain and have no thoughts come into your head. That's not meditating as well. You know, meditating is just as much about getting to know your mind as it is as quieting it. So just find a type that suits you, whether it's just sitting with your breath, whether it's doing a guided one, whether it's sitting in silence and breathing, you know, whether it is a mantra, so repeating something over and over like I am calm internally. Just find one that suits you. You know, don't give up yet because you have to push through those barriers of those sorts of things until it becomes easy and until it becomes second nature. So those are the tools I want to give you. I hope you have a greater understanding today of why your system may be turned on and how your thoughts really affect that. You know, have a think about how you're talking to yourself at the moment. Is it positive or negative? And just if you notice yourself in a negative spiral, just catch yourself and say to yourself, okay, how can I change this around? How can I turn this around? How can I think of this in a more positive way and not worry about it? It's really important to become mindful of our thoughts. That's a whole other episode I'm going to do soon, so I won't go into that. But just start to become aware at least of what kind of thoughts you're having internally. Self-awareness is the starting point for all of this changing. And mindfulness is basically paying attention with kind attention. It's really important to just have a starting point to look at what your general thoughts are throughout the day to yourself. Are they kind? Are they negative? Are they positive? Are you worrying a lot? Just, you know, keep a diary, write down what the standard of your thought has been over the next few weeks. And I will be doing an episode on self-talk and breaking those negative thought cycles soon. So, you know, thank you so much for tuning in today's episode. I really hope it gave you a great understanding of why your stress response goes on, how it's going on without you realizing, and why it's important to just take five minutes to do a breathing exercise or one of the tools I've given you to go for that walk, to meditate, to breathe, to journal, to relax, to tell your system after the daily microstress doses that actually all is well, and to start to be able to understand it so you can bounce back quicker when you really under, un, are under great stress. Um, as I mentioned at the beginning, as it's Stress Awareness Month and for you being a wonderful podcast listener, I want to give you a gift in honour of Stress Awareness Month. So all you'll need to do to claim this gift is two things. First of all, go to um, rate and review the podcast if you haven't already. It really helps me to be able to reach 
more people with this message and also get you greater guests onto the show. We have the amazing Daniel Page next week, who's an incredible world-renowned astrologer over in LA, and it's a really, really interesting, amazing episode, so stay tuned for that. And the second part of how to reclaim it is to simply use this code that I'll give you. So the gift I want to give you is a month totally free in my online monthly membership, the Lawali Life Collective. So that's usually £28 subscription per month that you can cancel at any time. But I want to give you guys a month totally free for you to trial it in honor of Stress Awareness Month. So to do that, all you need to do is input this code at checkout. So go to the membership on my website. I'll put the link in the show notes. But the online membership, go to the checkout and input the code STRESS2021. And that will give you a month totally free in the membership for you to try. You can then cancel it before your renewal date free of charge or you can carry it on if you love it. And I really hope you come and try it out. It's really a wonderful place. I created it so that people can have access, affordable and easy access to be able to calm their mind and connect to their soul more greatly and feel that greater calmness and fulfillment you know, I do, I give two sessions every month in there, one for the mind, one for the soul. They're always recorded, so you have a library of all the past months and experts. We have guest experts that come in. You get free tickets to my guest workshops outside of the membership as a member. And I div, give all my guided meditations on there for you to download and keep and extra tools and podcasts to keep you calm. So it's a really a wonderful space, and I hope you come and try it. You know, thinking about your stress prevention is as much and as important as curing. So take up the gift and I hope to see you there. Until next time, stay calm and have a wonderful and happy week.